I, for a few months, dated someone whose way they did an alarm terrifies me. They did not set an alarm for a time. They set an alarm for an amount of time. Mm-hmm. They would set for about seven and a half hours countdown timer. So what's it, is it counting down for the amount of sleep they need or are they just working out when they need to wake up and then doing the maths rather than just telling the time? They would almost always instantly fall asleep. So I think they're like, okay, I, I need seven and a half hours sleep. They would just hit that, almost instantly fall asleep and then their timer would hit the seven and a half hours, go off and they'd wake up. I have to say, of all the like innate abilities people have, the people who just go, I'm tired, I'm just going to go to sleep. And you're like, five minutes later, they're asleep. It's a superpower. I'm like, what on earth? <laughs> I, do you know, I was really amused by this thought and working out how much I believed it. But I was thinking, you know, if I ever got my act together and like sorted out all the things that were like <laughs> keeping me in a state of like chaos, I'd probably be one of the most brilliant people to ever live. <laughs> do you know what I mean? If I'm, yeah. if I'm, managing to live at all considering all my various problems yeah, yeah, yeah. amongst them sleep deprivation mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like um you know goku training with all the weights on <laughs> and if he can take them off he'd be yeah, like one yeah. of the strongest organisms ever to live time is it monday mando's monday ah, yeah i think we've overslept oh no oh god now we'll never have enough time to put together a funny but informative episode on the politics of sleep building on the post-lockdown push to maintain the accessibility of work from home arrangements to call for considering the possibility for people to also set their own hours and develop a healthy relationship with sleep and rest bloody hell no all is not lost Let's get dressed, slam a yakko on the bus, and if traffic's good, we might get to the studio in time to thank all our listeners for sharing this episode and also thank those who support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash mandatory redistribution party. All right. Yeah, there might be time to get an episode done. That's the spirit. Now, can you help me with my laces? Actually, um, I've got a different idea. Snooze mode activated. Yeah, fair enough, lad. But budge over. Um. Some people, a lot of people, can just sort of fall asleep on demand. You know, like someone who tells mm-hmm. you, oh, well, the key to sleep health is to go to sleep earlier. No, you can go to bed earlier. You can be in a bed earlier. The notion that you can just choose to sleep earlier is, that that blows my mind. There's, I know there's people who can do it. I can't do that. Can you, can you fall asleep on demand? 
No, I no. can't fall asleep by accident. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the most challenging things for me is that in order to go to sleep, you have to be bored. You have to like mm. make yourself bored. And I hate it. This is where my relationship with YouTube really went into overdrive. <laughs> because what you need, I've got this like yeah. Goldilocks zone theory uh-huh, of uh-huh. sleep content. Yeah, yeah. It has to be something which is not quite so boring you just bounce <laughs> completely off it. But you have to have virtually no investment. You have to have almost no investment. One thing that helps with this is clicking on a video and seeing that it's six hours long. <laughs> Because you can't really go into a video like that invested in completing it. You'd be like, I'm going to have to stop this at a random point anyway. I would worry that if I did that and then fell asleep and the thing continued playing, I would somehow like absorb some of the wisdom of whoever the very boring person was talking. You're thinking of a kind of uh, Dexter's Lab omelette du fromage type scenario. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although I can't, I can't like... I hate boredom, but also need silence to go to sleep. I don't, it doesn't make sense to me, but it's, it's the reality. And I can't, you know, people like, oh, listen to like binaural sounds or listen to those like sleep story. Can't do it. Can't, I, I, I don't know why, but I just, it, it doesn't work for me. It drives me nuts. You're like trying to sleep and then you have like, you're trying to be, you're trying to make yourself bored, get thoughts out of your brain. And then you have a thought and you have to go like, oh, what about this, this thing? There's this aspect of this I want to know. Like what were what were shipping lanes before the Suez Canal was opened? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, don't reach for your phone because that blue light's going to wake you up. So, but then you're like, oh, but I need to know. I don't know why it's 2.34 a.m., but I need to know about these shipping lanes. And the object that could give me that information is within my reach and I need to not grab it. I have a book on the go now. It's, a, it's an e-book and it is a no-frills description of the gameplay of all 32 Simpsons licensed video games from arcade <laughs> to the modern day. And the descriptions are very just, this is what happens at this point. Like the plot <laughs> summary section of Wikipedia type thing. And you get an image of the game, yeah. but it's it's not um, formatted very well in the EPUB format. So it's incredibly small. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst night's sleep you've ever had? Do you know when you're a teenager and you just don't realise that the world's full of, like, crime? Especially as a teenage boy. You know, you just don't realise how dangerous the world is. And you do okay. things and you look back on, like, why did I go into that area at 2am? Oh, yeah, okay. On my yeah, own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's, like, just you just don't realise <laughs> that bad things are before you. So me and my friends thought it would be really funny to all of us just lie to our parents about mm. where we're going and just mm. spend the entire night in Birmingham City Centre <laughs> for no reason for no activity the first thing we did and this is Birmingham City Centre Birmingham sucks I'm really happy to go on record Birmingham sucks you can c- come at me <laughs> come at me and then stay two metres away <laughs> and we all decided do you know how a lot of cities have got like a big screen that shows mm. stuff mm-hmm. we decided to go and watch Lake Placid on the big... Is that the big crocodile one? <laughs> yeah. We had, I think we had some dandelion and burdock and we watched Lake Placid at like 10 o'clock on this big screen. And before that had finished, a random guy tried to set fire to one of our hair. Or one of our hairs. 
one of our ha- how do I say what's the right yeah, phrase yeah, there? Yeah, a yeah. random guy tried to yeah. set fire to one of our hair one of our hair, one of our members had their attempt had a hair at a fire. Oh, uh, let's break attempt. this down. Someone tried to ignite the hair of one of your group. Someone tried <laughs> to ignite the hair. Yeah, that's a bit that's a bit like journalism-y, maybe. <laughs> How would you say it, like, conversationally? I don't know. I think you just, in conversation, you just say it wrong and everyone would get what you mean and you'd move on. I think the, you really? know, whatever your first attempt was, I knew exactly what you meant. And I think you just My first attempt on. was sounded like someone tried to set fire to an is single. In trying to isolate a single person, <laughs> and I also isolated a single hair. <laughs> but that underplays the risk Because <laughs> this guy tried to set yeah. fire to all oh, of his multiple hair. Multiple hairs, yeah. yeah, yeah. But multiple hair, hairs hair can of mean, one person. Hair can mean... One and hair can mean the the hair you have, like it isn't a single. A guy tried to set fire to the hair of one of us. Mm. Mm. That one of us sounds weird though. Now, yeah, the hair of one of us. <laughs> this is linguistic. They get it. People, listeners will get it. If you haven't got it by now, <laughs> we'll put an extra bit on Patreon when we really get to the end. <laughs> But yeah, so we just kind of sat around, and the, and the moment the buses stopped going home, mm. the must the moment like you know the night buses are no longer running, mm. really sunk in. Like, why have we done this? Why have we? It was very impulsive. It was like texting. Mm. It was texting like, what do you want to do? Do we just want to go to town to stay there all night? Yeah, okay. And then we got on the bus, and by the time we were there, we couldn't, we couldn't undo. <laughs> and so we just sat around in. Um, underpasses and stuff and we just kind of and also like people kept moving us on Mm. do you know what i mean and Mm. it was like oh right because we're like functionally homeless (laughs) so we have the homeless experience and so we just kind of watched where homeless people went and just sort of went and sat over there for a bit and tried to talk quietly and then because we were in those places yeah like i remember a a young woman coming out of a club approached Mm. us went are you okay and then like her older partner like dragged her away and went, "What are you doing? The homeless!" <laughs> wow, <laughs> and and dragged them away so we couldn't receive any help. I mean, we were just was we weren't even cold. Yeah. I'd say our main problem was that we were bored, <laughs> and that's not a kind of thing that you like. You don't need to receive help from strangers on the street because you're bored. If you're just out wandering around, the night is long. When there's no like really video game long. or something to t- to time travel you, the night is long. I remember this. I frequently used to absolutely dreadful at sleeping. A lot of my teenage years were spent sort of wandering round a sort of about a ten mile radius of North Wales mm. um, around Rill, and like yeah, it, it, it the the primary driver of me going home wouldn't be oh I think I'm tired now. It would be oh, I'm fucking bored. And the night is more boring once you've seen mm. an owl and a bat. Mm. you're done that is it mm. the scavenger hunt is off <laughs> <laughs> and our era of night of teen night wandering as well predates the smartphone there was something cool when you realize oh i can go out at night but it's very very short-lived <laughs> and the problem is when you can't yeah. when you can't sleep especially yeah. you actually don't want to be entertained you no. want to sleep you want sleep yeah but there's this kind of dead cat bounce of boredom yep. where you become so tired and bored that in itself is a source of interest yeah so you have to alleviate at least one of those things a little bit do you ever like you're trying to sleep and then you get bored of not being able to sleep and then you get angry <laughs> and uh, rage not conducive to sleep i don't know if i get angry but i bounce off of the attempt to sleep and just start daydreaming mm. 
enough to be so invested in whatever I'm yeah, daydreaming yeah. about that I now don't want to sleep. Yes. I don't yeah. want to do night dreaming, yeah. which is more vivid, but I can't make any key choices over what happened. <laughs> so you're doing um, whatever it is, lucid dreaming, but you're just daydreaming, which is yeah. easy, easy mode a, lucid dreaming. I've never had a lucid dream, but I did mm. have a lucid nightmare, and that was oh, really bad. Shit. Oh, so shit. you can make all the choices, but you know you can make all the choices in Silent Hill 2. It's still horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucked. You know, I'd rather have less agency in Silent mm. Hill 2. The mm. movie didn't scare me at all. No. Well, apart from how bad it was, that was frightening. Yeah, but it would be scarier if in the middle it just came up and, like, press X to proceed. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not going to do that. Heat is my, um, but in terms of bad nights, sleep, it's always just when it's too hot. As soon as, it, mm. as, the, temp- as, soon as the temperature goes over about 20 degrees, I'm fucked. But then you've got that horrible thing that outside, you mm. know, if you open all the windows, and I open the windows in winter mm-hmm. i love i love the feeling of air but also i like being mm. cold and escaping from the cold in the blankets mm. and then i'm so enblanketed mm. that up. i i go oh sleep associations yeah. and then i and i zonk out yeah and what you can't do that in summer because i've got so many sleep associations to being covered yeah but being covered also makes me feel rotten and opening the window helps me discover what everyone wants to talk about in their gardens at 3 <laughs> Yeah. People revving motorbikes, like really shit, yeah. 125cc motorbikes, or people just shouting. And also it's hot outside. So you open the window, you just like, what's outside? Oh, it's the same. It's also, it's inexplicably hotter outside. Yeah, and then it like, because it's the UK, the humidity goes all over the place. Yeah. So if it's humid, you can't escape from, you can't escape from the heat just by doing anything. But if it's just like, if it's just the sun's rays, mm. you can escape from it by sleeping somewhere stupid away from the windows, like <laughs> lying down in a bathroom or just going on the couch or something. Now you've said sleep in the bathroom, that's triggered a memory. I went to see Rage Against the Machine at that free gig they did in Finsbury Park and then walked to a friend's house in Camden where we were staying because it was just boiling hot. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh, maybe the walk will tight, like help us sleep more because we knew the heat was gonna make it hard to sleep and it's fucking boiling hot and we're in like a top floor flat which obviously you know hot hot air rises so it's just really and then we're like i think we had sleeping bags or whatever but it got to a point where me and my mate tom was with we're like sleeping on the kitchen floor just in boxes on the liner and i don't Mm. think we slept at all and then we were just completely fucked the whole next day it's hell isn't it um it fucks you up your brain needs sleep sean and apparently, like, let's say you get four hours less sleep than yeah. you need. You can't, it just doesn't work to get four more hours a bit after that. <laughs> yeah, you're just It's fucked. just a categorical thing that you can't just make up for it. You needed mm. to have this big, long sleep and you didn't. And that fuckedness will just, <laughs> it will be in you until it dissipates. There's loads of stuff we don't understand about it. But like, the stuff I remember from my like teacher training course about how like important sleep was, was all stuff like, it's really, really important to learning. So if you learn a thing and you can pinpoint where it's happening in the brain as well, because you know, like different parts of your brain, you know, like there's a part of your brain that will light up for using your left hand and using a different part that will light up for using your left leg or your right leg or your right hand. Uh, if you learn a thing that's associated with physical movements of those things, the, the sleep you have immediately after that, you will go into like a deeper sleep where that part of the brain that's learned that thing. So like if you've learned a thing with, yeah, where your left hand does something like a guitar riff or something, then you will see that if it's monitored, that part of the brain go into a deeper sleep 
to kind of embed the learning better. And the most fucked up thing about it is, because obviously, you know, you learn through repetition and practice. Mm -hmm. But if you learn a new thing, sleep well on the day of learning and then have consecutive days of better sleep if you don't repeat the task so you don't practice for like the days between the next time you try to do the thing that you learn you'll be better at it mm. through mm. no through no through no practice just from the effect of sleep and like what's going on in your brain in terms of like you know we've all you know there's so many aspects of that of like problem solving when you're asleep etc cetera, etc cetera. but then the flip side is if you if you learn a thing and then don't sleep immediately after learning it it will fucking go. It will not stay in your brain. You just won't learn it properly. And then the impact on learning of like either getting proper sleep or sleep deprivation, monumental. It's 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 nuts. Um, just like how many things that that impacts for learning. A, a lot of people are kind of aware that teenagers have a different circadian rhythm. So they sleep later. So there's a, there's a lot of arguments about the school day being later. Some of that comes from the US where the school day is ridiculously early, like half seven to 8 a.m. start, mm. um, which is two hours. We're like, what the fuck? Um, so that's like an hour earlier than us probably. But really the school day should probably be starting at like 11 a.m. But there's another argument to be made of like, you know, having a four day or even three day school week where it's like less learning takes place, but people have a, uh, more capacity to sleep properly. So the quality of the learning and the retention of the learning will be just much, much higher. So you could actually do far less, you know, teaching and learning in a school, but have much better learning just by virtue of having proper sleep. I feel like, you know, we're talking about like how the day is structured mm. and it's just something that hasn't really been looked at in like a few generations and every <laughs> our entire life is kind of dictated by how you might run a factory which in turn has been dictated by how you might run a farm right well i think more factory than a bit the farm a bit the farm but a i bit think the mainly farm the factory. In that you have to make the daylight you have to make the daylight work what you you start yeah, early yeah, in yeah. the morning when the sun's coming up and then when the sun's going down you stop bothering that sounds like farm wisdom to me you can make a bolt whenever Ooh. you like I mean, the the work day when it, things were purely agrarian was nowhere near as regimented, and people did far far less fewer hours. Um, the 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 work day it's it's more so factories than on work day, and like the you know having clocks to quantify time. Um, where they had like because they would keep the machinery running all day. So the idea of like oh you go to bed when it's night. No, there would be when factories developed, there would be a twelve hour shift that's the day shift and a twelve hour shift that's the night shift that would go, and you would be on one or the other. And they would keep oh, them right. they would keep the machinery going all day because they would lose too much money from turning it off and turning it on again. Uh, you know because the, the the cost of like spooling up the a big steam and you know steam engine type things when um things would run on water wheels because you would get different amounts of flow of water they would go faster or slower depending on the, the you know what the river was doing right so then the mm. machinery would go at a faster or slower pace so it would be you know what you would get out of eight hours if you were going rigidly by eight you know a kind of standardized eight hours wouldn't be the same so when clocks originally developed it you know, there, there wasn't this standardized time. Factories would have a clock and they'd connect it to the water wheel. But if it was going slower, the clock would go slower. So they would get the same amount of uh, labor out of the people. So the labor isn't dictated by time, it's dictated by river. <laughs> yeah, which itself is like, 
how, I mean, that's the, directly seeing how time is kind of manipulated by capital to kind of serve its ends. But contemporary problems of time and the working day are, are much more to blame on the advent of capitalism and industrialization, I think, than agriculture, because you could still have very agrarian, agrarian societies could be. And then there's all the stuff of like people used to have biphasic sleeping, which had to, you know, generally through history, that's the most common where people did like two kind of four hour chunks. And then obviously they didn't have electricity, so they couldn't really do much in that middle of the night waking up thing. So they just do something like. Oh, that was the fucking hour. That was where everyone started fucking. All the babies came from that time, I think. <laughs> we're like, you're right, though, of like, we're stuck. They haven't looked at it again since the 1800s. I'm finding, sorry, there's loads of things you've just said that are really interesting to me. One is just yeah. going in, in most recently. Have you ever done biphasic sleeping? Oh, yeah, yeah. When I was when I was at uni. I think biphasic sleeping is great. And I think as well, so when I think back to like biphasic mm. sleeping in the past, which was done simply because there wasn't electric light, right? Mm -hmm. It gets dark, your body gets tired. Mm. You can't generate enough light around you to stop that happening. You mm. fall asleep. Mm. But people don't want to, people don't actually fall asleep from half seven People don't have 12 hour, no. people don't sleep for 12 hours, right? So they wake <laughs> up in the middle. And so they. this is normally when people would just like jot a few thoughts down by candlelight or just just lie there and just do, do nothing. <laughs> it's just, it, it's like, it is like the earth has forced you to have three hours of contemplation. That's incredible. <laughs> that would be my national service. <laughs> three hours, three hours a day, you just got to think quietly that's good um, i'm all in on that but the 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 um the way that kind of stuff's been co-opted by uh sort of hustle culture which is like just ultra capitalism where it's like oh, you could work even more optimize your sleeping pattern to be even more productive like fuck that okay so i've gone i've gone big sleep science at different yeah. points in my past trying to solve the eternal riddle of why can't i sleep why can't i sleep properly <laughs> so hustle culture they don't give a shit about biphasic sleep that is old news so if you're looking if if you want to look at the uh venn diagram of u.s military optimization heads yeah mixed with like gym bros mixed with yeah, yeah, yeah. silicon valley get the most out of your brain eight yeah. hour work weeks kind of stuff they do this thing where they are constantly microdosing sleep they never have a proper sleep and they're always like microdosing it <laughs> it's like what if you only did power naps Oh and they my say like, God. and it comes with all these disclaimers of like, this is not tested if you do this for too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that thing of like, there's there's Marines and they sleep, you know, in like eight, no, they're like six one hour blocks out of the day and all that shit. Yeah, they yeah, sleep upside down up. with a gun in each hand. Well, that's where loads of yeah. sleep medication is like military. So the modafinil, which is a, that's an anti-sleep one. That's to keep you awake, but high function. Mm -hmm. That was like the French in the 1980s for snipers. Right. And the Americans yeah, yeah. went big on it in Afghanistan and Iraq, I think. If I was um, a sniper, I would fall asleep all the time. Yeah, it's a sleepy job, lying down. Lying down and looking. I do yeah. that to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's my sleep routine. <laughs> Looking through a tiny little reticule at little people. That's that's what I do to relax. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, I mean, there's a few we're kind of spinning on a lot of plates here. So there's the, the fact that the working day is not built for a lot of people's sleep patterns. So first of all, the reason the reason that the school day is is fucked and is unlikely to change is not because teachers and educational scientists don't know what's in the best interests of students. It's because one of the main functions of school is I mean if we, let's get if you go to the basics of what how school functions and I'm saying this as a teacher is is it's to acclimate workers. So make them mm -hmm. used to 
the working day. Yeah. So the, the getting up and, you know, being on time and all kind of, you'll see the like, like insane amounts of effort schools go to, to kind of enforce punctuality and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it's just socializing people for work. Other aspects of socializing people for work would be obedience to authority, intellectual dependence on authority, emotional dependence on authority, which is like, people think schools teach like history and French. No, these are the lessons that they teach, right? Um, And the other thing is, is it's basically childcare for when you shift the, obviously, you know, burdening women with childcare is its own like fucking horror show. But when you shift, uh, you know, both parents into the workplace, then you need childcare to function alongside that. And that's kind of what schools are doing. So, I mean, you saw it in the pandemic, right? The big pushes to reopen schools wasn't about kids' Mm. education. If they cared about kids' education, they wouldn't have fucking cut millions and millions of pounds from it over years or, you know, know, there's a a million things they've done to like fuck up the disparity there between like kids learning. It's about making sure the parents can go to work. And as soon as you start the Mm. school day at like 11 a.m., you fucked that up, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, bo- both, you fucked up both things. You fucked up socializing the kid to be, a, you know, a nine to five kid, a nine to five yeah. worker, and you fucked up the impact on, uh, you know, this sort of childcare function of it because it was about keeping the schools open was about getting people back to work, which was about commercial rent. And, you know, that just reveals what a lot of, so much of what drives like educational policy. But then there's the other thing, and this kind of relates to school as well of like, so there's the, there's the hours thing and there's also the health things that come from sleep. So we've already talked about like learning and how important sleep is to learning, but it's also really important, obviously just for your physical health, but it, a lack of sleep fucks you up. So, so do you know, right, these are some of the symptoms of sleep deficiency. Hyperactivity, mm-hmm. increased irritability, mm-hmm. lowered attention span, uh-huh. mood swings, uh-huh. Burnout. Uh-huh. Impaired spatial awareness and balance. Uh-huh. R- risk taking. <laughs> I can't, I know why yeah. you're laughing. Sean, what are these the symptoms of? Oh what? ADHD? Mm-hmm. Right, I get yeah. But also ADHD causes it's, you to not be able to sleep as well. So like it's this kind of cyclic mm-hmm. cyclic condition. Very difficult to uncouple the two. Just talking about um do you know the the social prevalence of, of this nine to fiveness right the working day Mm -hmm. i have been like freelancing Mm self-employed for years now Mm. and before you know before the pandemic Mm. um i was still working in live events and and that tethers you to the work week um as a domino effect yeah yeah as a domino effect, because yeah. I am always building around the work week my promotions. Mm. When I'm like going to send stuff out on mm. social media, mm. the analytics say, well, when people are coming back from work, <laughs> Tuesday evenings mm. back from mm. work has a really good. So I'm, I still have to make sure I'm up and about and ready mm. around the, I would always come to a computer around mm. five o'clock to seven o'clock, mm. because that is when you get the best communication to mm. promote an event. And also I'm scheduling my events to be in the evenings around the time that people can get home from work, Mm. have a shower, get changed, have a meal and then travel. Mm. So everything I do is still based on the work week, but I am not working a nine to five. But a funny thing I found is now I'm untethered completely. Obviously I can't run Mm. live shows and also everyone's working from home. 
So all that like traveling too doesn't mean anything, but I'm mm. still, I still find it very difficult to decouple my brain and the acclimatization I got in school mm. from thinking I should start working at nine o'clock in the mm. morning. Mm. And there's no reason <laughs> no. That I should do that. No, it, it's not good for me. I don't do my best work no. when I try to do that. When I try to, I still, so in the last year, mm. I've really gone, Sean, just work at two in the morning if you want to. Yeah. If you want to do that, why don't you do that? <laughs> but I'm like, no, I'll start, I'll work from Monday to Friday, nine to five, for no reason. And it's because you were socialised to do so by a system that was set up. So obviously there was a massive struggle in the 1800s for the eight-hour working day. And, mm. you know, that, that was a win at the time because um, obviously it was better than a fucking 12 or 14-hour working day. But th there's been no movement on that since. And obviously there's a lot of talk about the, the four-day work week, but there mm. isn't as much conversation about flexible working hours and how kind of people who have a different obviously you know if it's pathologized as delayed sleep phase syndrome um but i think some people just naturally have some a different circadian different. rhythm yeah but we're yeah. locked into you know the kind of tyranny of the majority thing and also the social constructs that are these just echoes of industrialization and we're trapped into it and then you know it's very difficult to undo years of like socialization yeah into that behavior um which is you know why it's such a priority because you've got to socialize people into it but and i i think i have the exact same habits as you because when i'm not in work that is what i revert to i will i yeah. will i can work pretty late i'm actually very people talk about like what you do your best work in the morning not if i've like had to wake up and i've not slept properly and it's like yeah I'm fucked not if all you're day. Fucked, yeah. yeah if i've if i've had a proper night's sleep then i can work pretty well in the morning but i can also work pretty well in the mid what you know what for other people's in the middle of the night but like we have this culture of like oh yeah be yeah, there's a lot of people who are like sat in 9am meetings and it's not 9am for them like they're they're going oh you know I, f I feel like shit and i i have this i'm like i feel like i don't know what the fuck's going on and it's and it's because and you zone out completely right yeah yeah, I think, um, I can't remember exactly what she said, but Amy Gladwell put this amazingly in a, in a Tiredness Kills episode where she's talking to Chris about this. And it's like, it's not 9am for her, it's her midnight. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's that's exactly right. And then I do this fucked up stuff where I get, because I think I have those exact same sleep patterns because it's what I revert to when I have any kind of freedom. I, the way I end up doing it is just, and I know this is like just dreadful kind of sleep hygiene or whatever, is... At the weekend, I will my, I will recover and end up kind of going to bed later and sleeping later. But mm. then it's almost like every fucking week of my life, I'm recovering from jet lag. Yeah. I am in permanent jet lag, which is not good. Part of the reason we're recording this, because I was yeah. telling you that I'm <laughs> finally like trying to flip that switch and be like, okay, I shouldn't feel any weird guilt about waking mm. up late, right? Mm. There isn't like a teacher here to tell me off. Yeah. So just... Just go to sleep when you feel tired and yeah. see where it lands. And, you know, we, we talked about the pathologization of it as delayed sleep phase. Uh -huh. But, like, I am going to sleep around 2 to 3 a.m. Yep. pretty regularly. Yep. And then when I go to sleep, I actually just sleep go fine. to sleep. Yeah, yeah. And then I wake up. <laughs> it's a bit hard to, like, not be woken up by, like, morning mm -hmm. noise because obviously mm -hmm. everyone else starts making mm -hmm. loads of noise at 9 o'clock mm -hmm. and I now want to wake up around 11 mm. that's kind of tough you need a pod you need like an alien 1979 pod i need the, the weather to be at a point where i can shut the windows <laughs> that's all i need i find it really interesting this is like the next step after the conversation about working from home because yeah. people now are realizing we don't work in a factory yeah so why do we all have to come into one place mm -hmm. 
So what we're having now is a ge- geography, right? We can do this anywhere, so why don't we do this anywhere? But a lot of these jobs, because we don't work in a factory mm. and people are just communicating via emails, even mm. if they're in the same office, and emails are a delayed way of just sending information that's relevant to the work, <laughs> why do we all have to work at the same time? Yeah. Why can't some of us be doing normal like office work and admin work and HR work and stuff mm-hmm. at four in the morning. <laughs> like, yeah, it exactly. sounds mad, but actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. why not? Yeah, and it's because I mean, it comes down to right. What, why do we acclimatize kids to mm. a dependence on authority in school? Mm. Because they need to have dependence on authority in the work, mm-hmm. and the reason we have strong armed authority in work is because bosses inherently do not trust their workers mm-hmm. because bosses know they are exploiting their workers so why would their workers not just stop doing the work the first chance they got it's obviously you know we're talking about this of like you would want more flexible things like this and there's just clear arguments for it but you can also see how if if that is allowed to happen under capitalism it would just be a new different flavor of fucked because yeah you can already see so like do you know about like the extent of surveillance of working at home and how that's developed over the pandemic so have you ever looked at like what a manager's view of microsoft teams looks like i you know i know about it from my friends who go i can come out and talk to you while i make a cup of tea now but they actually know what tab i'm on right now yeah, so yeah i have a limit on that so i've got to get back there's obviously so microsoft teams monitors even what what tabs and programs you have open and the amount you're doing in them and how active you are in those windows and gives like fuck it, a pie chart to your boss um, yeah. So I think if you had flexible working time, you would still be like, you have to do this amount of hours. Like, but it wouldn't be measured on how productive or effective you are. It would be like, have you done your hours? And also, the main reason they want people in offices is because there's almost no fucking productive, actual real production that happens in the UK economy, and they need money for commercial rent. So that's the that's the big reason they want people in offices. But mm-hmm. the other reason they want people in offices is, like you say, is like for the authority figure to hover over you and just kind of look at what you're doing and that would just change to intruding into your home through machinery and like it's already but you know we have that that kind of 24 7 culture of like you have this like smartphone where your boss can kind of email you at any time of the day um and then you know they might say oh i'm not you know if i email you at nine o'clock at night i'm not expecting a reply but you're like well i should reply well, that's my boss, my boss. Yeah, yeah 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 exactly uh you know they don't even need to say reply now but you're just kind of socialized into having that kind of fear of authority figures regardless of how interpersonally nice the boss is right if anything that makes it harder like if yeah, anything yeah, yeah, yeah. i really would like the naked authority to just exactly. be absolutely clear exactly i think the danger is, is you get flexible. I mean, zero hours contracts, you know, a lot of the argument for zero hours contracts is like, oh, people like them because they have these like flex, flexible hours. And it's, and it's like, mm. well, mm, you know, if you've, if you've not got guaranteed hours, there's loads of fucking landlords that will say they won't rent to people on zero hours contracts because they haven't got like guaranteed income or whatever. And like, yeah. uh, there's huge, huge downsides to that. So I think t- taking people, the reliability of people's income away is a huge problem. And there's an opportunity for capitalists there. And the other opportunity for them is to just increase surveillance is to you know because it's two different factions of capital there's the capital that wants commercial rents and there's the capital that pays commercial rents and to an extent Mm -hmm. if the capital that pays commercial rents can go oh i can just get rid of that and then my workers take on you know kind of uber the uber drivers buy their own car you you have your laptop or whatever at home and you're paying your own electricity bill etc etc and it's like oh i'll just offload that to my workers and then increase surveillance of them yeah like that's there's like a huge danger of that so i mean i hate to boil everything down to this is almost every time we do but like it's like you yeah okay you there's these changes that are possible but you also need to have socialism (laughs) 
You can't just you can't just reform capitalism to have a late start. Flexi capitalism yeah. doesn't doesn't fix capitalism. And another flavor of that is like going back to those river hours. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like adjusting adjusting how long you have to do stuff to actually make sure you've got work mm. done. Mm. It's like because if we're going to have conversations about when and where we work, yeah, it's really going to show up all these like what David Graeber calls bullshit jobs, yes, right? These jobs exactly. that don't really do anything. So it's like if I'm letting you do this at four in the morning in your own home, but you don't really have a meaningful job, I think I'm just paying you to do nothing. <laughs> and I'm only willing to do that for some reason if you do nothing from nine to five in this building. <laughs> that, that's what I'm willing to pay you to do. Yeah, Because in, in a way, it's mm. people might like hmm. not having river hours but having river hours to shut, stop using like a, <laughs> we've made a term and it makes sense river hours yeah yeah and, and river hours is like making sure that your job is actually going towards something you're not just sat mm. looking at a screen because that mm. feels horrible in a different kind of way i know when they first brought out test and trace right the well-being mm. test and trace it was people told they were in a training program and their trainer never turned up and people spent a week in a video call waiting to be told what to do but fully waged but people said it felt horrible right because mm. these people are want to help against the pandemic they want mm. to start doing mm. test and trace mm. and they're watching a week go by the fact that they're receiving a wage doesn't make them feel good about what they're doing mm. but at the same time if you really wanted to tell capitalism okay hammer it so that everyone's getting the maximum like profit making mm. labor power out of every hour they spend at work you're going to turn people's lives back into like a Victorian workhouse style hell of yeah, maximum exactly. graft. Yeah. So there's no way of like tweaking either of these because capitalism will just find another way to like wring out the flannel of your brain. Yeah. And what's dripping out that flannel? Surplus value. <laughs> and a bit of saliva. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a more upbeat utopian vision. Go on. The night is very, very, very dangerous. The medieval people used to think Satan came out at night. People always see ghosts at night. They never see ghosts in the day. Yeah, that's because ghosts are like kind of gossamer, right? And see-through. So they need to show up against quite darkly lit masonry, right? <laughs> Do you know people, because um, in medieval Europe, they would put, a, you know, like a baby's, what's it called, baby's bed called? Micro bed? Crib. Crib, bassinet. Right? Um, they would hang knives around them to ward off the devil. <laughs> like a little mobile. <laughs> yeah, it's a really common thing in like middle uh, medieval Europe. Put a knife by your baby. Yeah. Which I people, th which I don't know, but there's one theory that, that is like one of the things that became mobiles. I can see it. Yeah, <laughs> I can see it. It's really I think it's a good basis for the right to bear arms as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worried about authoritarian state, but if the devil comes. <laughs> but you're right. No, the night is, that's one of the, so we're talking about circadian rhythms. Um, you're, you become more alert. So the hormones that make you more alert, you get a pump of that just before you go to bed on, as in like, just before your circadian rhythm is going to pump out sleepy hormone, it pumps out the alertness hormone, which is why, do you ever have like a thing? Is just that like one last check? One last check, everything's fine before I go to sleep. Yeah. It's to check for predators because if the, if you're, if you're, you know, if there's no electric light or there's no, you know, even fire or something, hopefully if you're a caveman, you've got fire, right? But if you're, if you're, if, you know, if you're a cave person and you're like, oh shit, we got to get to bed. You got to get everything sorted out. Like you get that yeah. one last wave to make sure like the leopards can't get in or whatever. That's so good. Um, That's the hormonal equivalent of just being like, I'm just going to check the door. I'm just going to yeah, check it's locked. Yeah. I know it is, but I'll check. So the end of your, regardless of what sleep pattern you're in, you get that thing like a couple of, you know, a bit before you go to bed where you suddenly feel hyperproductive. 
It's mm. that. It's that. Circadian right. rhythm. Those great ideas you have mm. just mm. before you go to sleep. Mm. Only a quarter remembered in the morning. But that's, yeah, so you're right. The night is more or is more dangerous. Well, I was thinking, you know, like, like I'm thinking about reclaim the night and every time mm. there's like mm. an, an assault or any time there's like an area that's, that's rife with crime, mm. obviously that's associated with the night time. That mm. is when mm. you would do a crime. Mm. And like the council will just put out some lights. Yeah. But it's sort of interesting that there are a lot of people who I think through their circadian rhythm would just be out in the night, mm. like normal. Mm. I'm just a non-criminal. Mm. And actually now that I'm freed from the nine to five, I'm out in the night. Mm. And so the night could be like half as populated in the day and the day could be half as populated as it is now. There's never going to be a time. The reason that outside is is not just that it's dark. Yeah. Nighttime is also dangerous because there's no one there there's fewer people yeah but if everyone's just out and about i think you could really let's forget mm. expanding geographically yeah, let's yeah, just yeah. expand temporally yeah have night have day also you know let's say you want to have cheaper rents mm. you could have the night version of you who sleeps in your bed during the day you're up during the night and then you just swap bingo Perfect. or as the landlord would say it the possibility to get double rent more friends, landlord gets more rent. <laughs> you could each call each other your shadow. <laughs> <laughs> the hustle culture people are trying to do microdosing sleep. I think delete sleep. There's mammals that don't sleep at all. Are they ill? No. Dolphins and whales don't sleep. They must do like they don't sleep. But they must have they be a bit sleep. zonked. Yeah, <laughs> they, they get be. they get zonked. They 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 like they zonk out parts of what's going on. They do some like quasi sleep where they they put. I'm kind of remembering this now, so I'm probably not going to use very scientific language. But they put like parts of their brain to sleep, but they just carry on like swimming and like looking out for predators or whatever because they'd be fucked. Yeah, whatever. I do that and I sleep. <laughs> I do that and I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got you've gained you know a third a quarter of the day. That's why dolphins are so productive. <laughs> so in society, we've yeah. always got some people awake, some people yeah, yeah, asleep. Yeah. That's ideal. But also yeah. on an individual level, level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're always part of our brain is asleep <laughs> and part of us is awake. That's great. I feel like that ability is there. You know, when you like travel to a place and you just can't remember the journey. I think that's already happened. We've already got the equipment. We just need to empower that part of our brains with some sort of second wave mindfulness yeah but we also need to like regiment that so it can appear in our email signature so if someone wants you to do like arithmetic sorry that's only in this block of time where i wake up my numbers part of my brain but if you want me to lift any boxes i can do that from 9 until 1 p.m <laughs> also here's my mobile number <laughs> Mandatory Redistribution Party was created and produced by Sean Morley and Jack Evans. Our title theme was created by Ella Jean. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to those of you who support us on Patreon or share episodes on social media. We honestly appreciate it. Good night, friends. Sleep well. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Bite them first. You are the boss of the bed. Bye.